Star Wars isn't really over. I I don't think there's a way that it could ever really end, but in this weird way, it, it does feel like it's done. We've passed on all we know. A thousand generations live in you now. Hey fam, welcome to a new episode of Stay Watching. As always, I'm your host, Larry. This week on the podcast, I, I wanted to do something that I've, I've done um, for certain properties before. Um, I really want to take a look back at basically 42 years of Star Wars. So as you're listening to this, as I'm recording this, The Rise of Skywalker has just landed in theaters. I saw it last night. Um, this episode, I will give you kind of my spoiler-free reaction to the film. Um, but really, what I wanted to use this episode to do was to kind of talk about my relationship and love, hate, really like the love-hate relationship that I kind of have with Star Wars, what I think is great about it, and and where I think it falls short, and, and to really kind of go through um, where for me, like, I kind of got my start with Star Wars, and uh, kind of how my feelings on it have evolved and changed, and even wanting to dive into this process of having just rewatched all of the films leading up to the rise of Skywalker, um, and kind of how I feel about the, the culmination of the Skywalker story specifically, because Star Wars will not end. Um, you know, this has been touted as kind of like the last of the Skywalker saga. Um, but, you know, we all know, one, you know, this is all a business. There's way, way, way too much money at stake here. Um, so you can't really end something like Star Wars. But I will get into that. Hang on. I'll be right back. So there's something amazing when I just think about seeing a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away on the screen and that light blue text and then nothing for like a beat. And then that score comes in and just Star Wars on your screen receding back and the scroll coming up. And whenever I see that, you know, I, I, I talk a lot about nostalgia and the things that don't work for me. I think Star Wars is probably that only thing where, where that nostalgia really kicks in because like I become that little kid again who has that VHS box set and it's just watching these movies over and over again. I grew up with the original trilogy. I was too young to have been alive when those films first came out. Um, but I'm young enough that when that first great VHS release came out, which, you know, again, I know probably not the ideal way to watch those films, you know, watching them on a small CRT was never the right way to watch those films. But 
it was what I had access to. And it was, it was amazing. You know, it was, these were films that I found myself like, you know, sometimes on a random Sunday morning, I would just put in Empire Strikes Back or Return of the Jedi or, or Star Wars and just really just enjoy the hell out of those films. You know, there was something so kind of magical about the world that they created, even though there were things that were familiar. It was such this this just out there thing. These weird metal people walking around talking to this little rolly guy and trying to figure out what it all meant and, you know, seeing the lightsaber battle and and thinking about, you know, when I was watching that original trilogy, that first time that I saw Obi-Wan and Darth Vader in their duel and then seeing Luke fight Vader in the next film and then their rematch in that final film, it was just so breathtaking to me. And, and don't even get me started about kind of the, the dog fights and, and the space battles and the idea of the Death Star. It was all just so exciting to me as a kid. And you know, there's a lot of that that really kind of fueled the things that I would find myself enjoying. You know, for me, Star Wars isn't really just about Star Wars because a lot of the things that I love about Star Wars are what fueled my love of other things. So, you know, I don't talk a lot about on this podcast, but, you know, for pretty much my entire life, I've been a huge fan of anime. And probably my favorite anime series is Mobile Suit Gundam. And, you know, basically the easiest way to kind of describe it is it's kind of like Star Wars, but with giant robots, um, you know, and, and I know that's a bit reductive, like there's a lot, there's a lot going on with it. It's, it's got this very, you know, it's, it's taking a look at a lot of different things, but they, in a sense, have a version of the force. They have, you know, essentially a, a good side, you know, a, a, a light side, dark side kind of relationship. There are giant robots that have beam sabers. So there are a lot of kind of correlations, you know, the enemies that they're fighting may as well be space Nazis, even though again, it's a bit more nuanced than that, even though they basically look like space Nazis, you know? And so it's, it's really, it's always been this thing that Star Wars has always been this thing that's really just kind of fueled my interest in different things. You know, it was a jumping off point. You know, I, I mention it from time to time on here. I, I also love Westerns. Star Wars for me was kind of that first kind of introduction to some of that, because as much as Star Wars is a space opera, it's a Western, it's a samurai film. And so for me, it was kind of like my first introduction to that world, you know? And so seeing seeing Luke walk across, you know, these sandy plains, meeting scoundrels like Han Solo who would shoot first and ask questions later, these were characters that, that kind of got me into these different genres. You know, in a lot of ways, what I would say is for me, Star Wars, you know, outside of, of the influence of the people in my life, outside of the influence of my, my mom and dad, who, you know, really were integral in getting me interested in, you know, entertainment, especially movies and animation and things like that. I think this film was a great jumping off point because we could have that conversation where it's like, oh, I, I, I really like this about this thing. And then they can show me this other thing. And 
I could feel its relation to this movie, this set of movies that I really loved. And I think that's what's really always been great about Star Wars. There's always that ability to capture the imagination, even moving into something like the prequels, which, you know, for me, I, I was so excited for the prequels. Like, you know, I, I just talked a little bit about my relationship with Star Wars and how it got me into some of the other things that I really love, you know, but I, I, I can't stress enough how much I really loved Star Wars. So one of the things that I, I talk about often in terms of Star Wars, I, I never was like a Shadow of the Empire guy, but I always loved Dark Forces. And, you know, so for those of you who don't know or aren't really familiar with it, Dark Forces was a computer game where basically in the first game you play as Kyle Katarn. And the idea is that you are going, you're ex-Imperial, you're going to steal the plans for the Death Star. And, you know, there was just something really cool about that. It's basically, it's a first person shooter. It's kind of like Doom, um, but in the Star Wars world. And so that was like a really exciting thing to happen. The next game, however, it's Jedi Knight Dark Forces 2. And it's, for me, it was the first game where I really felt like I was immersed in the Star Wars universe, you know? It took place in the same universe. It didn't necessarily have, you know, there are characters who overlap, like it takes place within, I guess it's the extended universe or it's, it was the extended universe. It's now legends, but you know, this opportunity to become a Jedi and to use these new force powers that we had barely or potentially not seen at all in the original trilogy. There was something really excited about it. And for me, it was kind of like that, those out of, um, out of movie Star Wars experiences that kind of kept my love of it going. So when I heard that we were finally going to get new Star Wars movies, this is this is after the special editions started to come out, you know, and I, I finally had the chance to see, you know, A New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, and The Return of the Jedi on the big screen. We were gonna get these prequels, and it was such this. It's just exciting, you know. We we're gonna get to see where did. Darth Vader get a start, you know, what was he like growing up and everything like that. And there was something really kind of magical about that time because, you know, even though I would say Star Wars excitement, Star Wars fiction never really kind of died out, it was in a way a sort of resurrection where it really brought everybody who loved this franchise back. And it was tough because, you know, as, as much as, you know, I was buying all the toys to get my proofs of purchase so that I could send away and get my Mace Windu action figure and buying the, you know, battle droid preview figures and everything like that. And then seeing the movie and, you know, I, it's tough to remember because it was such a long time ago. But even as a kid, I don't think I fully enjoyed the film uh, <laughs> I loved pod racing. Like I absolutely adored pod racing. When the PC game episode one racer came out, like I made sure that I owned that. I didn't have a computer that could even run it at the time, but like I made my parents buy it and eventually we upgraded our PC and I played the hell out of it. And I loved the fight with Darth Maul. But for me, it was, especially as a kid, it was really, confusing and and revisiting it recently episode one is still kind of confusing the phantom menace is still kind of confusing because 
I think one of the challenges that we saw with the prequels um, and something that didn't quite, not that it didn't exist in the original trilogy, but it was less of an emphasis was this desire to answer questions. Um, how did the universe get the way that it is when we experience it in the original trilogy? How does the force work? How did Anakin have so much force? How did Anakin become Darth Vader? And there's a challenge for me when it comes to these types of questions because I start to wonder, do they matter? You know, and I, and I understand that this is an episodic saga and that George Lucas especially had this specific vision for the story that he wanted to tell and how he wanted things to go. But for me, it's always tough reflecting and thinking, did we need this? Did we need these answers? Because I think that's a problem that's reflected in the sequel trilogy where you know, just to kind of fast forward a little bit, you know, walking out of Rise of Skywalker last night, someone was complaining that the film didn't answer any questions. And, and there's a part of me that's like, what questions do we need this thing to answer? You know, why are we so obsessed with this idea that there is some mystery that needs to be unraveled, whereas, when we experienced the first set of Star Wars films, like there was kind of this weird otherworldliness to some of it that I don't know if we were seeking answers in the same way or, or, you know, we were so expressly looking for them, you know, Oh, you know, what is the force? who is who's Luke's father really like we take some of these things in stride things are revealed to us as we need to know them things aren't necessarily set up to be mysteries to be unraveled and and that's not you know I, I don't say that to say that there are no kind of mysteries that are set up in the Star Wars world but especially in the sequel trilogy it's almost like there are a bunch of and, and this is definitely due to the influence of J.J. Abrams, but there's this idea that we have set, we've set out to create new mysteries, and now we have to figure out how to answer those mysteries. And I don't know if that's necessarily interesting, because when I go back to the original trilogy, I'm looking at a world that is just created through wonder, through imagination, and that's what's really capturing me. I'm driven by how imaginative the world is and, you know, the lengths to which these folks went to make this thing that's unbelievable feel real, feel engrossing, and, and to really draw you in. And again, back to the prequels where it's too mundane in a sense, you know, so as ridiculous as the prequels are with their CGI and battle droid armies and, you know, a fully CGI species in the first movie and, you know, and the Clone Wars and General Grievous and all of this wild stuff, you know, we're talking about a movie that's really based on a trade dispute and a, in a sense, a relationship that goes bad. And it took away 
in a sense, some of the magic that was there. You know, one of the things that I find myself really complaining about when it comes to the prequels now is the depiction of Yoda specifically. You know, and and for me, one of the things, part of the reason why Empire Strikes Back is such a great film to me is in a lot of ways due directly to Yoda. Yoda's ability to really kind of encompass what these films are all about. The idea that it's all about belief, you know, you know, telling, telling Luke essentially he doesn't believe that he can do it. And that's why he fails. I mean, I think that's, that's really where I struggle with almost everything outside of that when it comes to Star Wars. It, it feels like the belief just isn't there. And, you know, not to say that I don't like anything about any of the other Star Wars pieces that aren't the new trilogy, because that's not true. You know, there's a lot of stuff in the prequels that I really do enjoy. I think they do a lot of really interesting things with that world. And there's a lot that I like to see, and when I revisit them, I do have fun with certain parts of them. And the same thing with the sequel trilogy. I think there is a lot there that is done well. Um, you know, and I, especially in regards to that idea of belief, I think one of the things that I really like about the new trilogy that people seem to hate is the idea of, of Rey and the way that she taps into the Force. And the fact that she has this belief that she can do these things and that allows her to do them. You know, something that we are basically directly told in an earlier Star Wars movie. It's really just, hey, she believes that she can do it, so she is doing it. You know, Yoda said, do or do not, there is no try. She's not trying, she's doing these things because she believes she can. And that's exciting. It's exciting to see someone take that lesson that we as an audience learned much, much earlier in the saga, back in the back in the 80s. Um, and really to see that embodied on the screen and put into action. You know, but at, but at the same time, I think there's a, a metatextual layer to which people can't accept that. And I think that's part of the problem where that we run into with all of these things, where we we think about Star Wars in terms of our relationship with Star Wars, and that determines what we like and what we don't like about it. You know, in the same way that there are certain things that I like within Star Wars that other people don't like. So for me, Empire being my favorite Star Wars movie, Yoda and his interaction with Luke on Dagobah being my favorite piece of Star Wars anything, that relating directly to the way the force is interpreted in other films means, all right, I don't like the prequels as much because they don't do the things with the force that I want them to do. The force awakens starts to do some of those things. And I enjoy the way that they have the force manifest with Ray. The last Jedi does the things that I love about the force. And so even though a lot of people hate that movie, even though that movie has issues and I've talked about those issues before, um, I find myself really enjoying so much of it, especially the pieces that do what I want them to do with the force. 
And that's, I think that's ultimately the challenge. You know, we're looking at a franchise that has such a rabid fan base. People not just like me, but younger people who grew up with the prequels, older people that only care about the originals, people who are okay with saying like all Star Wars is kind of bad and that's okay. People who really just want to find the good in all of them. I mean, it's, it's such a challenge to try to make that work for everybody. And I think that's why, I think that's that's the challenge with it. I think that's why it almost feels like, there's a part of me that feels like maybe they should have never tried to do it again. Even, even George, back when the prequels came out, maybe we should have never tried to recreate or, or recapture the magic. And, and not to say that George was trying to recapture the magic with the prequels, because I think he was trying to do something different. He was trying to tell a full story. He was trying to flesh out the full saga that he had in his mind. It didn't work for everybody because what he was making was different than what people wanted. What It was way different than what his fan base wanted for the most part. Again, there are some people who loved it and for them, it captured the specific, their imagination specifically. For me, those films, don't really work in that way it's in a sense and this is going to sound weird coming from me because i'm always talking about story and character development and all of these aspects and in a sense i i, I mean i think character development is one of the weakest parts of those films um i think we don't often get enough time to see our characters together um one of the challenges with uh you know, Attack of the Clones specifically, um, and The Phantom Menace to a lesser extent is oftentimes the two characters that we're supposed to care about the most or, or whose relationship we're supposed to care about the most don't have time together. So in The Phantom Menace, Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon have no time together. And so it makes it difficult to, you know, we are, we are shocked with what happens to Qui-Gon in the end. Um, but because we didn't get enough time of him with Obi-Wan, that still falls somewhat flat. In Attack of the Clones, we don't really have enough time with Anakin and Obi-Wan, which is supposed to be this relationship that we are really kind of damaged by by the time that we hit the end of Revenge of the Sith. Not to say that they don't have any time together, because they do have time together, but they're split apart for most of these movies. And so we we are subjected to Anakin and Padme's love story rather than kind of building on this almost familial bond that we are supposed to see between Obi-Wan and Anakin that is gonna get broken by the time we reach the end of Revenge of the Sith. They do a bit of it in certain scenes. We get told stories of events that have happened off screen, but we don't truly get that relationship within the movies that we are given. You know, you think about it this way, you know, part of it is these characters being separated, these characters not having the adequate time together that we need them to have together. Going back to the original trilogy, you look at, you look at Star Wars, you look at the original Star Wars and you have time where it's Luke and the droids, or the droids themselves, droids and Luke. Droids Luke and Obi-Wan. 
droids Luke, Obi-Wan, and Han, and Chewbacca. Han, Luke, and Leia. And it's like you have this time with these characters and they are allowed to build these relationships. You know, you go to the Empire Strikes Back. You get Luke. You get Luke and Han. You get Luke, Han, and Leia. You get Luke going off, doing his thing with Yoda, but Han and Leia are still together. Then you get kind of everything crashing back together. And then you have the beginning of Return of the Jedi where it's, we got to get the band back together. And then you have everybody together before everybody splits off and does their own mission again. And it's, I think that's the challenge that I have with both the prequels and the sequels where we never are really given enough time with our main cast of characters together. They're never really given enough time to build relationships with one another that meaningfully connect them to us, the audience, where we feel like we are truly invested in their collective struggle against the Empire, against the First Order, against the, you know, whatever it was in the, you know, I just watched the prequels again, and I, the Separatist Army, I guess, is the thing. Um, so, I mean, there's there's just a lot of that missing. And then there's the magic that's missing, the like actual, the actual real magic and imagination that existed in the originals. You know, again, too much story, too much politic in the prequels, not enough of kind of the mysticism. The Force Awakens also kind of misses some of that mysticism in favor of kind of using weaponized nostalgia to try to kind of lure you back in the force awakens starts to dive back into that mysticism but it's undercut by other decisions that don't quite work well for it which really kind of leads me to the rise of skywalker which in a in a sense you know so this is is here is my micro review no spoilers here um but there's been a lot of talk about how this film is refuting things that Ryan Johnson did with The Last Jedi. And to a degree, I understand where that is coming from. But from another point of view, from a certain point of view, <laughs> I don't know if it fully does that because I think there's a lot that was set up with kind of the mysticism, with the force th that he was doing that carries over into this film. And so there's kind of this clash between, hey, if you liked that mysticism, if you liked that idea of the force, we're going to have some of that, but we're going to also have this weaponized nostalgia and we're going to just crash them together. And it's going to be going everywhere and we're just going to hope that it works out. And we're going to hope that you come along for that ride. And I think that's what's ultimately challenging about that film in a lot of ways. You know, so from an experience perspective, going into the film, there were a lot of people that in my theater were very excited about it. I mean, we had people in costume ready to go for this film. And I don't blame them. I mean, it's Star Wars and it's, it's, a, it's an exciting time. Um, you know, and I was kind of dreading it a little bit. I had read some reviews beforehand and 
wasn't really sure what to expect. You know, obviously I had heard all the people saying that JJ Abrams undid basically everything that Ryan Johnson did and it's a mess and everything like that. And I agree. It's a mess. I definitely agree. It's a mess, but I tried to be positive. I tried to go in and, and really look at it as I am going to watch a fun movie. I had just rewatched all of the star Wars movies leading up to this. Not all of them are perfect. You know, honestly, like I think the two best films are empire strikes back and the original star Wars. And even both of them have stuff that doesn't fully work. You know, again, in my opinion, I know people will argue and say that they are perfect. There is no such thing as a perfect film. We all know that. Um, but I, you know, I really don't like most of Return of the Jedi. I think I like the stuff between Luke and Vader and the Emperor. I don't like most of the Jabba's palace stuff. It's really silly, especially looking at it now, you know, going back and looking at it as an adult, it is silly. Um, most of the stuff on Endor is just kind of dumb. Um, I've already, I've already crapped all over the prequels in this. I don't think they are well acted or well directed. And I think they're trying to do too much with the story and politic. Um, the force awakens traded too much on nostalgia and didn't do enough to really kind of draw you into the new characters, despite how much good chemistry I think Finn and Ray had. Um, their third new character, Poe, was basically non-existent for most of the film, and I believe that's because he was supposed to die, but they liked I Oscar Isaac too much and kept him around. Um, the Last Jedi suffers from that, what I talked about before, where they didn't have the ability to kind of keep those characters together. So we get to this film, and what's great about it is we have time with our new main three. Ray, Finn, Poe are together. They're with Chewbacca. So there's a little bit of that nostalgic element there. It's great. It's a lot of fun to watch those characters together. The beginning of this film, really frenetic. I know some people have an issue with it. I actually did not mind the pacing of that first section. I felt like they kept it moving. Um, it was actually kind of fun. Um, but, you know, to, to echo some of what was said, it did get a little video gamey. We are going to find this thing. We need this thing to do this thing. Let's go here. Oh, it's not here. Let's go here. Oh, it's not here either. Let's go here. You know, it, I can understand why that's frustrating. But in a sense, I feel like if I look at this as purely a movie for entertainment, that part was fine. As a Star Wars fan, it was a little bit frustrating. You know, like, sure, you're looking for that sense of adventure. I didn't really necessarily get that. Um, you know, I think this, again, I have issues with the way J.J. Abrams does stuff. I, I feel like a lot of what it was was he is doing, like, the Russian nesting dolls thing where it's like, oh, it's a mystery, inside a mystery, inside a mystery. But it's like none of these mysteries are interesting. None of these things that you're having them do are that interesting. They're entertaining, but they're not that interesting. And you're trying to present them to us like they're more interesting than they actually are. And I think that ultimately is kind of the biggest complaint that I have about most of this film. Um, and, you know, again, it was a little bit all over the place. I didn't hate it, though. I, I Like I said, I, I liked spending 
a lot of time with the three mains and Chewbacca. I actually think they use C-3PO effectively, which is a sentence I thought I would probably never say, but there were definitely some pandering decisions that I, I think actually took me out of a few of the crucial scenes. And, and it really, what it felt like in a lot of ways was, oh, we've been reading your fan fictions. We like this idea. We like this idea. Let's throw this in there. And there's even one major aspect of the film that I'm not going to, to talk about here. I'm going to save that for the spoiler episode that's going to come out later this weekend. But basically a theory that someone had brought up at the time The Force Awakens came out ends up being the reality of this film. And the moment that happens, in a sense, it just kind of numbs you to pretty much everything else that you're going to see going forward and for me that's a really big issue like there's there's a sense that not everything needs to be a surprise or a mystery or this big thing um but it's something that was kind of undercut by ryan johnson in the last jedi that i really enjoyed and it, it's probably the only thing that I would firmly say was kind of undone by J.J. Abrams' return. And I actually think it, it does a major disservice both to the characters and to the story being told and to us, the audience. And I know, I know there are going to be some diehard Star Wars fans that completely agree with the decision and like it. Um, but for me, it does not work and it misses some of the magic that is Star Wars because it's doing the same thing that George Lucas did with the prequels where in a sense, he is trying to explain too much. He's trying to give us answers to questions that we do not need. Um, and again, I, I think that outside of the movie itself, I think that is a problem with people who are engaging with entertainment when they are looking at stuff to be a mystery that needs to be solved you know it's kind of like the whole kind of no spoiler movement you know the idea that oh crap if i hear this thing about this thing that i want to see it's completely ruined and my mindset has always been i should be able to know that thing and it should not affect the way that I feel about this thing because the story should be done well enough, the characters should be acted well enough, it should be directed well enough that it doesn't matter what that surprise or what that twist is. There's no real twist here. You're just given the information that you, that the director, the writer wants you to have and that's it. Um, and in a way that's good, but in another way, it feels like it's supposed to be this much more meaningful thing, but it ends up feeling like nothing. It ends up feeling like we were just told that this doesn't matter. We let that sink in. And then you said, oh, no, 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 it does matter. But ultimately it doesn't matter. It never mattered. Um, and I know that's going to sound really cryptic and, you know, if you haven't seen the movie yet, you're like, what are you talking about? Hopefully you will understand when you see the movie, because it's something that happens fairly early on and you're just like, oh, okay, I guess I could have guessed that. Or one of my friends definitely guessed that at the force awakens, but getting derailed there. Um, one of the things that I would say is I don't think this is the worst star Wars film. 
Um, I still think it's better than most of the prequel films. Um, you know, I know some people are going to like it better than The Last Jedi. I personally like aspects of it better, but there are aspects of The Last Jedi that I like better. Um, I think it's a mixed bag. I think the like basically all of Star Wars is a mixed bag. If you like certain things, you probably get them in this movie and you're probably going to like those things a lot other stuff that you get you are probably going to have complaints about i think that's just the way it is i think that's what we have to accept about star wars now um as much as i hate to say it like it's never going to please everybody because there are so many different people in the fan base and that's why although i hate on the fan base a lot one of the reasons why it is so great is because there are so many different people with different perspectives on what makes star wars great and so in a sense, each of us is given a piece of that in this last film, and that's ultimately what kind of, you know, causes it to not quite work. You're trying to please everybody, and so it's definitely leaving a lot to be desired for some of us. Um, you know, so really what I would say about this film, and I know it sounds like I've been really harsh on it, but what I would say, and, and I know this uh, for Star Wars fans, this is like a, a kiss of death. But what I would really say is for me, this film felt like a dumb summer blockbuster that was released around Christmas time. And it's not going to help with the divisions in the Star Wars fan base. I think it'll probably cause more splinter cells and all of that. Um, but I do think there's a lot of fun to be had here. You know, one of one of my friends on Facebook pretty, put it really well. It's some of the laziest and some of the coolest Star Wars at the same time. You know, certain aspects of it show a distinct lack of imagination. And, I, I you know, it, it's, it's almost like in some ways there's too much reverence for what Star Wars is without thinking about what it could be. But at other times, there are just these moments that because of that reverence or because it's just something that's interesting or cool or is pulling something back out of the kind of Star Wars vault that we haven't seen in a while, that those things kind of work really well. And so like, I think that's the challenge with it. It's like, you know, the reason why it's at 50 something percent on Rotten Tomatoes is not because it is just this terrible, terrible thing. It's at a 50% because people are split on it. People like some of it or some people like some of it. Other people hate other parts of it. And it's finding that place to kind of cobble it together in the middle. Um, you know, and so that's kind of where I'm at on it. Like I don't hate the rise of Skywalker, but I think it misses a lot of the magic that that original trilogy had, um, and specifically the original trilogy. Um, so, and again, like, so this is, these are my thoughts after kind of going back through watching all the Star Wars movies, you know, hate watching a lot of it because, you know, honestly, you know, again, like I said, there are two really, there are two great Star Wars films. There are a couple of good ones, and then the rest are kind of mediocre to bad. Um, and so it, it really feels kind of, you know, again, and, and like I said up top, I know Star Wars isn't really done. This aspect 
of the story is done, at least for a while, because I really do feel like we are going to revisit some of these characters, maybe not in the movies, but possibly in, in video games or comics or television series. We're definitely going to come back to aspects from this, which might be part of the problem. Certain things felt like they were done to backdoor, you know, a Disney Plus TV series, but could be wrong about that. Hope I'm wrong about that. Um, but it just didn't have the magic. And, and, it, and I think that's the thing. It didn't have the belief in the force that it needed to in order to really close out the series in the right way. And too many decisions were made based on fan outcry and pleasing the fan base that didn't really take into account good storytelling, good character development, or good decision-making. And I know there's a lot to be said, and, and when I get into the spoiler piece of this review, there's a lot to be said about not having a plan going into this trilogy, because I think it's very clear that they did not have a real plan for this. They had three different directors, writers that were tapped to do each of these movies. Um, you know, and of course, you know, after one of them was fired, J.J. Abrams came back and completed the last film. But at the same time, like there should have been an outline. There should have been a through line for figuring out how this this third trilogy was going to work. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I love Star Wars. I'm always going to love Star Wars. I'm always going to have a fascination with the force and with the idea of hope and belief and the power of kind of, you know, as cheesy as it sounds, the power of friendship and, and kind of, you know, the idea that you aren't really doing these things alone, despite feeling alone sometimes. There's a lot of beauty within Star Wars, and I think some of those messages do ring out in The Rise of Skywalker and do ring across some of these films, maybe not as much in the prequels, but I think the Star Wars experience, the Star Wars ride, so to speak, has been a really interesting journey to go on. And I'm, I'm kind of sad to see it end this way. But as a creative, as someone who is interested in storytelling, it's challenging to figure out where it really should have gone when honestly, I feel like it should have ended with the originals to begin with. Um, you know, allowing folks to kind of tell their own stories within the world um, and kind of take it in all of their different directions. I mean, I think there's this really cool thing about that period in the 90s, you know, late 80s, early 90s, where there wasn't new Star Wars and we thought there never would be new Star Wars films. And it was up to the people making video games and writing books and doing comics to do their own stories within the world and really kind of make their vision of Star Wars. And I, I think that's something that ultimately I miss because we've been kind of given the prequels and these sequel trilogies. And, you know, again, that's not to say that there isn't value in these things and that people shouldn't enjoy them, but it's definitely a challenge that I have. And probably for me, the Star Wars trilogy, the original Star Wars trilogy is like the only real nostalgia that seems to have like a 
big sway in my life, right? So agree, disagree. Do you love everything about Star Wars? Let me know at Larry Tron pretty much everywhere on social media. Um, I will be putting out a spoilery review conversation with myself about the rise of Skywalker as well as The Last Jedi and Force Awakens and kind of how they fit or do not fit together. So look forward to that coming to your feed soon. Um, and like I was been saying for the last couple of weeks, um, the end of the year is fast approaching, so I will be releasing my year and favorite things episode soon. I've opted not to talk about the things that disappointed me this year because I really want to focus on just the things that I loved in the world of entertainment. So I'm going to be talking about some of my favorite moments, some of my favorite movies, TV shows, um, and some of the games that I spent a lot of time playing this year. So look forward to that coming out soon. And yeah, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Stay watching, fam. Peace.